Hello and welcome to B2B Revenue Leaders. I'm your host, Dustin Tizek. As always, this episode is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Selling's hard right now. Your buyers trust you less and that late stage peer evidence just isn't really enough anymore. Testimonial Hero creates strategic video testimonials to use throughout your entire buyer's journey to close trust gaps and help you close more deals faster. Today, I'm joined by Dan Radu, who is the president of Macro. Macro is an agency that's focused on helping marketing teams accelerate their growth and scale their operations. And we discuss how marketing teams often fall behind in implementing their go-to-market because of lack of resources and too many tech changes, why uh, 2023 is the year of partner marketing, and how marketing teams can do more with less. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, Dustin. Great to have you here. I'm glad to see you and thanks. I'm excited. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a lot of things, but specifically kind of around marketing tech or, or RevOps in general a little bit. Um, but I want to kick it off with with a question, actually. So you mentioned before when we were talking, marketing teams sometimes get behind on implementing their go-to-market, uh, partly due to resources, partly due to too many tech changes, maybe just too much tech in general. Do you want to unpack that thought and kind of share you know, where you're coming from on that side? Happy to do that and tell you what we see in the market and in the projects that we have with our clients. Uh, we see a lot of um, go-to-market strategy behind simply because maybe uh, the strategy is uh, too far-fetched or just too much pie in the sky and then it just simply cannot be implemented or the organization is not ready. Uh, sometimes we see organizations that... Uh, are just not mature enough or if, unless they allocate a team of five people to manage their CRM and different marketing databases and different tools for account-based marketing or other use cases, uh, they're just simply not able to operationalize what, what they're trying to achieve or what the executives are trying to achieve in their, in their digital offerings. Uh, and so that's simply but uh, lack of resources, or uh, there's this MarTech rule that says that the technology moves much faster than companies can adopt. So there's several, I see several forces that are at play here. On one hand, the, the strategy is too high and just cannot be implemented by operationalized by the team. And on the other hand, the technology that enables you to, uh, enables the go-to-market strategy changes so fast the company is not able to um, incorporate that into operations yeah I've, I've felt that pain before where we you know draw probably a too complex strategy of all these fancy custom things we want to do when in reality we probably should have done an mvp and launched it and got it out there and tweaked it and grown it um so i've made that mistake before a hundred percent um so what, what is your recommendation there like you mentioned sometimes they're a little too pie in the sky how should they bite off a project and get started instead well, I think it it takes uh, it's an exercise where the leaders in the company have to look internally at the capabilities of what's available. They have to understand what resources they have, and they have to see how they can best leverage those resources and capabilities. So, whether it is the people on the team, whether it's the tools that the organization uses, um, you want to make sure to avoid uh, what we call tech debt. So, tech debt—it's the idea that you have some you're indebted to so much technology and so many features that impending you more than helping you or enabling the business. Uh, I think it's uh, so it's it's really important to take the hard look at you and uh, then 
decide what's achievable for in the quarterly goals and yearly goals. Yeah, I think that's a good point, both from planning out where to go, like if you're going to adopt a new technology or you're going to add something to your tech stack, but also most marketers are getting asked to cut budget as much as they can, yeah. be it people, old technology they're not using, um, even ad spend in some cases. So I think that's good advice that applies to marketers now to really look and say, do you need this thing? Are you actually using it? Or is it there because it was always there and maybe it's tied to your systems and a pain to rip out? Yeah, I felt the... that before where I hated the software we used, but I just wanted to, I didn't want to go through the pain of ripping it out. That's right. Uh, uh, and a lot of the, you know, there's constantly technology companies that can replace their competitors from the tech stack of B2B companies. Yeah. And you have to, they always try to incentivize you. If you move everything over to their digital transformation projects, you can achieve so much more uh, value or deliver a better digital experience. Yeah. And uh, another thing that uh, we do see is uh, a lot of a lot of executives are not able to decide or they don't know how to decide when is a partner necessary. Like, can you do this by yourself or do you need an agency partner to bring different capabilities, multiple resources, teams of people that uh, can accelerate the delivery of your strategy and accelerate the projects? Yeah, I think that that's a good point and actually segues nicely into something else I want to talk about that, you know, we've all seen that, you know, the, the state of MarTech image where there's a billion logos and everything's mm -hmm. tiny. I saw one the other day, even it on tells. sales tech and it's the oh. same now. Yeah. You see customer success tech growing um, and RevOps is a growing field. And those three, you know, disciplines are getting more integrated, but I don't think there's a unicorn out there who is an expert in all of them. Like you can't have one RevOps person do all these things. So how would you suggest companies prioritize and, you know, connect those three teams? Well, I think uh, a common leader, it's important, a leader that uh, owns both the market. So I, I like uh, what um, your company's doing and I like your role as well. I think that's something that it's really requiring the modern marketing departments enabled by the digital tools. I think the owner owning the budget where you can pay for both your CRM and your marketing automation, your marketing tech stack uh, is important. And also finding uh, partners that have the right combination of skill sets. So you, are you working with a partner that can help you both with your marketing automation platform and with your Salesforce uh, CRM? Um, or are you working with um, just uh, agencies that do one function? How diverse is the skill set that your partner can bring to the table? And how does that plug into your team? How does, how does that uh, and which projects and initiatives in your go-to-market strategies are they charged to accelerate or evaluate it and how much they accelerate or what growth you're drawing from them? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, especially on the agency front, because especially now with people cutting staff, it, 
a lot of companies don't have the bandwidth or resources to hire a RevOps team yeah. and have, you know, RevOps leader, marketing ops, sales ops, CS, but you can get an agency that has all those people in seats and they won't be full-time in each really, but can fill that for, for a reasonable cost. So I think that's definitely a point in favor of doing that with how the market is. Uh, the other topic kind of similar actually is the idea of, of globalization and marketing and you know how that's growing and that just makes things more complicated like in addition to RevOps having it globalized with different teams all over the world so how do you think through that well global marketing organizations are definitely more complex um, so just think about it in a global teams that we work with a lot of the uh, tools and systems enabled they're owned by one team in California but then uh, there's regional teams they have to use and they have to be enabled and trained or have their regional users um, run campaigns in them. Uh, so you have to think about what are the expectations of the region? How often are you checking in with those regions? Uh, are the region, you want to avoid the risk uh, of the regions going rogue and just taking their initiatives and running, getting their own tools, all those things you have to consider. Um, and those are big challenges in, in companies. How much power do they centralize? How much they decentralize to the regional marketing teams? And um, I, I think what's important, for example, how we work, uh, because we are a global agency, we are able to have our specialists and consultants work with the regional marketing managers. So whether that's North America or EMEA or Latin America, and we really see that that matches very well um, the global marketing organization having like extra heavy yeah, resources no, like one agency that can bring uh, these different uh, resources to the table yeah and having one having the oversight to see all those different ones because as as good as a company might be on the culture side and keeping everyone connected there's going to be silos no matter what when you have multiple teams and multiple countries working on different products so finding a way to tie that together i mean the kind of related to that, you mentioned, you know, teams going rogue, people adding their own software. I've seen this, I've probably done it myself, where it's a bit of shiny object syndrome, like, oh, there's this new piece of technology, I'm just going to implement it fast and see what happens. Uh, as someone who, you know, you come in and, and fix a lot of those problems and map it all out, uh, what would be your advice there when implementing a new technology to make sure you, it doesn't just become tech debt? Yeah, well, there's so many of them and new categories are coming up. Like there's, for yeah. example, intent data, it's a new category that's coming up. But how does that apply? What role does that play into your go-to-market strategy? I think you have to think about that. What solutions are available that uh, could be vendors for you in, in, in that uh, category? And uh, what's an implementation plan? What's a rollout plan? Like, do you have people on staff that can do that? Or is that something they want to test with an agency before you bring it in-house? Is it, um, are you able to run uh, a test with uh, certain business units or product lines? Uh, is this something that you can apply for both prospects or existing customers? So I think, all those things are very important elements, part of the planning process. Uh, when you are looking at uh, leveraging the latest uh, shiny object, um, and then you identify what works well for you. Yeah, it's, it's a balancing act too, because like we spoke at the start, if you move too slow, you know, the technology changes, 
you have these big plans that doesn't work. If you move, move too fast, people don't adopt it. It breaks. So it's a bit of, you know, Goldilocks finding the right, right mix there, which can be super challenging. And I'm sure you've dealt with that a decent amount, right? Like managing the speed versus the planning and implementation. Yeah, it's the strategic planning and the implementation of the go-to-market strategy. It's, it's, it's a fine balancing out between what's the business outcomes that you desire and then how do you operationalize? How does the team operationalize that? How does the rubber hit the road? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, perfect. And then, yeah, we've talked about a little bit about 2023 with you know less resources, companies doing more with less. Uh, I saw on LinkedIn a while back, you also said um, partner marketing is going to be big in 2023. And I'm curious your thoughts there and how it re relates to like MarTech as well. Well, we really see that more channel strategies and driving business through your partners um, becomes more in focus in the go-to-market strategies. And a lot of companies, we work with a lot of B2B tech companies, and a lot of them are dedicating more resources towards the channel marketing strategies and tactics. So they might uh, want to improve their partner relationship management. They might now run the co-marketing campaigns with uh, some of their mm -hmm. um, strategic partners. Uh, they might want to dedicate uh, funds for market development. They might want to dedicate resources to, uh, to go to market together. Uh, so I think that a lot of companies realize in tech realize that sometimes the technology is not really sold directly. There's a lot of decision uh, making factors, a lot of uh, consultancies that can influence, uh, can help uh, come enterprises select what tools they use or should be part of their stack. Um, I think there there's a lot of this. Um, uh, integrations and technology solutions that are sold as a part of a pack integration package. So leverage really f focusing your marketing efforts on uh, on those uh, strategies with the right tactics. It's it's very important. It will become more and more important because everybody is now can do inbound. Everybody is doing all these direct tactics, but how much? How many companies are really able to leverage successfully their partner ecosystem, for example? For sure, yeah. And to me, like I've you know built a lot of inbound campaigns, worked on a lot of outbound campaigns. Partners and referrals are hard. Like it's really difficult to spin up a program that works and is scalable and effective. And I've tried and failed at that a few times. Tried and kind of succeeded others, but it's a tricky one to build out properly. I think. Absolutely, it, uh, you need to have executives that dedicated to it to create the concept of this and the line on the value, and then build teams that will execute it in the company. And um, I think you also have to be conscious of what's in it for the partners. Why do these partners want to work with you? Uh, a lot of partners could uh, be fully dedicated to you, or they might be solution agnostic. So you have to take that into account. How do you treat them? What uh, incentives do you have for them differently? So. Yeah, it's almost like a parallel to your customers as well. Like we segment our customers, have different offers, different plans for them. It's kind of a similar thing on the partner side, even with the prospecting front and going to find them. So it's, it's almost spinning up a whole another go to market to really make that work effectively. 
And, and that's yeah. why I've struggled with it, especially on small teams, because, yeah, it's a lot. That's right. And that's the maturity ladder there as well. Like, how much can you do at different stages of yeah. maturity? And so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll be curious to know more also about you and your, uh, in your um, role in charge of revenue. What, uh, what do you see? What trends do you see? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 2023, it's harder to sell in general. I think all companies are feeling this because people's budgets got cut, right? Um, so we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot more referrals, actually. We've seen that really spin up and be a pretty solid channel for us. Uh, but I think the root of that is trust. Like people now are really picky about who they buy from because their budget scrutinized. So yep. they go with people they trust. So like building that trust all the way throughout the sales cycle is kind of key now and something we've been focusing on. It used to be like you'd get to the very end and say, hey, can I have a reference call? Can I see a case study? But it's like a checkbox. I'm about to buy. I just need to do this to shut my boss up kind of thing. Um, now, like the whole journey, they're trying to figure out if they can trust you, afraid to spend the money. Um, so we've seen that and the focus on like social proof growing more and more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's important. I think this is uh, where case studies and testimonial could very well to do uh, plays an important role. For sure. Yeah. And the other thing we've seen, like we, like you mentioned, I, I manage the sales marketing CS team right now. Um, and we're a service business, so we focus on profitability. So we probably don't have the same war chest as like a heavily funded tech company that is focused on growth. Um, so we've had to be super selective on our tech stack and, you know, instead of Gong, which I love and is really expensive, we're using Wingman, which is maybe a little cheaper. Instead of Salesforce, which I've always used, we're using Close. Mm -hmm. So dancing around like integrations are harder because they don't come out of the box. We have to custom code stuff with Zapier. So it's interesting, like the bootstrap mentality to tech, but I think it saved us from getting a lot of tech debt. Like we don't have this endless list of stuff that's just sitting around that we're paying for. So pros and cons to it but definitely a change from what i'm used to well yeah i i love to hear that uh, you have that under control and i'd like to hear that that's not really causing uh, bottlenecks in your companies or adds uh, complexity levels that are not required yeah it keeps us in check for sure uh cool and then one last kind of topic i want to get because you're working with different technology every day whether from implementing or i'm sure researching, hearing about new stuff. Is there either a particular technology or a particular space, like category of technology that you're excited about that's emerging this year? What I'm uh, quite excited about is the through channel marketing automation uh, uh, space. And the, the several reason why is that the softwares that we see in that space have uh, a lot of room to improve and they support a very important business function. So channel marketing, for example, can now have uh, marketing automation platforms. So you can, uh, your partners that you work with can also leverage marketing automation. Uh, and uh, we love to work at them in a pioneering uh, ground for that. Uh, we want to work with the companies that are very advanced and we do work with some big companies that are very advanced in their practices and what they do. And uh, we see this technology merging and developing uh, uh, developing quite fast. So that, that really gets me excited. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's a space we're looking to, like I said, more from a planning perspective, less from tech right now. 
Um, but I'd love to hear, are there any kind of, because I'm not familiar with that space, mm -hmm. honestly, at all on the tech side. Um, are there any leaders in that space or, you know, early companies that launch that you think are doing a really good job of it from the vendor perspective? Uh, vendors that do a fantastic job and uh, they uh, they really capture the interest of enterprise clients that we work with are Zimthi and Zip. Both of them with Z. So I, I think I look at those companies are very big uh, big players and important uh, tools. Uh, part of uh, enterprise marketing technology stack uh, that one and channel marketing teams. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm definitely gonna look into those. I'm sure some of our listeners as well. We'll, we'll probably poke around a bit. Um, so Dan, thank you so much for joining me. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about your company and also where to reach out to you if they want to learn more? Yeah, great. So uh, macro is just a global B2B uh, marketing uh, on revenue operations uh, agency. We have resources in North America, Latin America, EMEA, and APAC, and companies we work with uh, see us as a natural extension of their team. And uh, yeah, you can uh, you can find us uh, at macrometer.com and feel free to connect on LinkedIn. I'm always open to chat revenue operations. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. Uh, so for our listeners, I'll include those in the notes. Um, and Dan, thanks again for joining me. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I love our conversation. Thanks for listening to today's episode. My main takeaway is how the right agency can be a huge advantage in RevOps, uh, especially when we don't have capacity to add a full RevOps team. Trying to find that unicorn who can do sales ops, marketing ops, tie it all together and have a one person doing that, just super unlikely, really hard to do. So if you can find the right agency that has people with those skill sets in those different areas it's really a nice way to supplement uh, everything you need to do on the rev up side at a more reasonable cost the trick finding the right agency because i know it can be hard with so many of them out there again thanks for listening to this episode as always we'll be back every tuesday with a new episode so go ahead hit subscribe and i'll talk to you next week